if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. But if we give them a plastic pouch where they can't see the food, they can't smell the food, they can't touch the food, they can't hear the food, then we're essentially stripping away baby's sensory exposure at mealtime. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, and welcome back. Today we're talking about pouches and why your baby does not need to suck pureed foods out of pouches. Today I'm being joined by my good friend and feeding expert colleague, Don Winkleman. Dawn is on social at Miss Dawn SLP. She's a speech language pathologist. She is a specialist in pediatric swallowing. She's also the feeding expert for Easy Peasy. So they're the company that makes the silicone suction mats and bowls. She also designs all of their baby led weaning spoons and open cups. And she is going to talk you out of doing pouches. If you're on the fence about it, I'll be sharing from a nutrition standpoint why they are inferior to real foods when we're starting solids with our babies. And Dawn will be talking about why from a developmental standpoint, pouches are not recommended. And Dawn and I have an opportunity to teach and work together a few times each year. I absolutely love co-teaching with her. And we actually have a series of live free online workshops coming up. If you guys are interested in learning from Dawn and I about giving your baby a safe start to solid foods, we're doing a workshop called, What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? Because we know you guys get like gung-ho at the beginning of baby led weaning and you can do those simple starter foods like avocado, banana, and sweet potato. But 
we sometimes see our parents get stuck. And the last thing we want is for you to give up on baby led weaning and go back to doing pouches. Or you're doing baby led weaning, but then you think you need to shove a pouch in your baby's mouth at the end of the meal just so they get enough. We're going to show you as two baby led weaning experts how to push your baby's palate beyond those simple starter foods. So if you want to sign up for our free online workshop, again, it's called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? Head to babyledweaningworkshop.com. We've got a number of different dates and times coming up. Again, these are all live. Choose one that works for you. We do a huge live Q&A at the end of it. It's such a fun experience and such a great way for you to feel confident in you and your baby's ability to move past those simple starter foods. So again, that site is babyledweaningworkshop.com. Get signed up for the workshop. Hopefully we'll see you there. And with no further ado, let's dive into pouches and why your baby doesn't need to suck pureed food out of pouches. This is an interview with Miss Dawn SLP, Dawn Winkleman. Well, hi, Dawn. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you so much for having me again, Katie. All right. Before we get started, I just want to clarify, this is not an anti-pureed food episode. Dawn, you're always teaching us and talking about how purees are an important texture for babies to master, but they're just not like the only texture that babies can handle. So can you start us out before we transition into talking about pouches? Like a lot of people think babies can only eat pureed foods. Would you set us straight on this whole texture train and maybe share some reasons why we want babies to experience textures beyond purees? Yes, happy to. We want babies to move past purees because we want to be able to see if a baby can transition past purees. I need to see if a baby can have baby lid weaning strips of food and not be stuck on purees. Usually when babies are stuck on purees, that's a big red flag for me as a feeding specialist that a baby may have an oral motor delay or an underlining medical diagnosis like reflux or a swallowing disorder or a sensory aversion to certain textures. When adults offer a baby a puree, they tend to just feed baby instead of allowing the baby to actually, from a developmental standpoint, feed themselves independently. So when we consistently put food into their mouth, they're missing out on those key developmental milestones that can actually delay their overall development. But of course, purees are a part of a texture continuum that is important for babies to be exposed to. So Dawn, I know we do a lot of work and trainings and courses together, and as I feel like your dietitian sidekick. So I just feel obligated to state in an episode about pouches that from a nutrition standpoint, pouches are almost always just watered down versions of foods that your baby could be eating in a safe, real whole food experience, i.e. it's intact form. So I know like they just irk me so bad because pouches are essentially expensive green colored applesauce. Like parents right. are like, my baby's eating kale. When they buy a green pouch, but guys, that's not kale. That's applesauce with a tiny bit of kale in it. And I'm joking, but I'm not because you and I spend so much time teaching parents how they can safely feed their babies real food. So outside of the cost and the nutrition drawbacks of pouches from your side, could you tell us what are the drawbacks of babies sucking food or purees out of pouches? Yeah, the biggest drawback for me is that they don't promote a healthy development of feeding and swallowing skills. So pouches encourage suckling, which is an immature swallowing pattern. We want babies to learn a mature swallowing pattern of chewing and swallowing, just like you and I do. When babies are consistently given pouches, they tend to have trouble progressing to finger foods and usually need to see me for feeding therapy. 
So we know that studies show that a late introduction of soft, appropriately sized strips of food is associated with picky eating and other feeding difficulties later in a baby's life. And this can happen when babies are given pouches so frequently. If it's an occasional, you know, pouch here or there, I just ask families to pour that into a bowl or offer it onto a baby-led spoon. And then we don't have all those drawbacks of, you know, the difficulties of, you know, advancing feeding skills and advancing swallowing skills. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. And just to clarify, Dawn, you're always talking about feeding milestones. I know we talk about nutrition milestones. In your area as a pediatric swallowing expert and a speech language pathologist, can you confirm or deny, is there any feeding milestone associated with your baby needing to know how to suck out of a plastic pouch? No, (laughs) no. So when we're really focusing on starting solids at six months of age, we are focusing on this huge milestone of change in swallowing development. And that is the tongue is going up to the roof of the mouth and being able to swallow successfully and having this more mature experience instead of just suckling with that tongue thrust going in and out. Um, so many families are saying, you know, my baby is still, you know, having the that tongue thrust that's going in and out. I'll usually say, are you still drinking out of pouches? Like, what is the cause of this continued delay of development of that tongue? And it's usually something that has to do with sippy cups or pouches, which I know we've talked about sippy cups in past episodes too. And I'm going to share a link to uh, an episode that we did together. It's actually one of our most downloaded interview episodes with Dawn. It's called Six Reasons to Skip the Sippy Cup. And that'll be hooked up at the show notes for this episode if you guys go to blwpodcast.com. Now, Dawn, let's talk about the sensory experience of learning how to eat. I love that you always describe the learning how to eat process as like the most sensory thing your baby will ever do. But how do pouches interfere with the sensory aspects of learning how to eat? And then how can substituting like actual meals for food pouches, like instead of doing meals, if we're doing pouches all the time, how does that affect or impact a baby's sensory or developmental skills? Yes, eating is the most enjoyable sensory experience a baby has the opportunity to experience in their lifetime. But if we give them a plastic pouch where they can't see the food, they can't smell the food, they can't touch the food, they can't hear the food, then we're essentially stripping away baby's sensory exposure at mealtime. And this can result in poor eating habits. It can result in food refusals. And it's really important for us to understand why that can happen. It's because they're eating directly out of a plastic container and really not 
falling in love with kale, like you were just giving that example earlier. Like they're not falling in love with kale. They're falling in love with this plastic pouch that they can swallow so easily because they're using a swallowing pattern that is an immature pattern. We want them to be able to have the sensory experience of touching that food and hearing how that food is moving around into their mouth, seeing the food, smelling the food. So then they're really building a relationship with that food, not a relationship with manufactured products. And people sometimes, I know our audience struggles so much with feeding meats to your baby. If your family eats animal foods and you know the importance of introducing high iron and zinc foods like meat, and parents sometimes will find a pouch brand that's mostly meat and be like, yeah, but I'm going to do this one. It's still the same thing. It oftentimes tends to be from the developmental standpoint, as Don's explaining, not a necessary development that your baby needs to suck meat out of a pouch, but from a nutrition standpoint, they're not getting oftentimes the same amount of nutrition if it's a watered down product. You're not getting the texture associated with meat. I mean, Don and I have so many resources to show you how to make foods like meat safe for your baby to eat. Not to mention that some of these pouches are really expensive, right? Like one particular brand is upwards of $4 now in the refrigerated section at Target. And if you break that down cost for cost, it's not even truly a true serving of fruits or vegetables for the babies. It ends up to be such a more expensive way to introduce your baby to something that's not even real food, not nutritionally appropriate or complete for your baby, and certainly not meeting all of those feeding and texture milestones that Dawn talks about. So I know we're kind of preaching to the choir always though when we do these episodes because they're listening to a baby-led weaning podcast. If they've ever heard you and I teach together, we say, yes, pouches aren't necessary, but why do parents use them? Well, oftentimes parents will use pouches because they're shelf-stable, they're convenient on-the-go foods. So I want to ask your opinion, you know, is it okay to offer these pouches once in a while? And how often is too much, Dawn? So I teach parents that there's a few ways to make pouches an occasional option for your family. So one, yes, you can use them in an emergency situation when you're running errands and you're on the go and your baby has to have something to eat right there, right now. Or you can use them to work on open cup drinking. So I tell families, you can take that pouch and you can pour it into a cup. Just have that with you when you are out and about. So you can focus on it in that way. Open cup drinking is a developmental milestone for babies starting at six months of age. So again, just pour that pouch into the cup, be able to work on that fine motor milestone, that feeding milestone, and that swallowing milestone. You're just not having your baby suck directly from the pouch. Or you can also pour the pouch into a bowl and use the tiny spoon by preloading the spoon for your baby and allowing baby to put it into their own mouth. Again, you're working on multiple milestones that will aid in swallowing and feeding and speech and language development. But you're using those occasional, you know, pouches to be able to fill that gap, but still being able to use it in a developmental way that's actually going to help your baby um, be able to work on other developmental milestones that are so critical to not just feeding, but also for these other areas in your baby's life, like speech and language and cognition, social skills, et cetera. And I couldn't agree more about the limited use on occasion, they're fine. However, I sometimes see parents who are spending, you know, three or $4 for pouches two or three times a day, which from a nutritional standpoint is not even adequate for your baby. You need to be offering them real foods to get that variety of nutrients. Pouches oftentimes just tend to be, it's essentially applesauce in most cases. If you really read the ingredients or pear puree, we can show you how to make apples and pears safe for your babies to eat, but that's only one of the various food groups that babies need to be eating from. What I see are parents who worry, oh, I'm doing baby led weaning, but my baby's not getting enough. So I'm just gonna finish that meal off with a pouch. And I wanna encourage you that to remember that it's not our job to regulate how much our baby eats. We need to give our babies the opportunity to experiment, 
and learn and have all those sensory experiences that Don was describing as part of the learning to eat process. And we're not the ones who should determine how many calories they get. I mean, if you look at the actual calories in most pouches, it's, they're inconsequential. Pushing or shoving a pouch into your baby's mouth at the end of their meal is certainly a practice that we definitely do want to avoid. So you have to trust the process that your baby will learn how to eat enough just offering one pouch at the end of the meal. You're not like some people think, I think parents think of it as like, you know, nutritional insurance, but it certainly is not. Right. And to add into that really quick too, Katie, is then it also ends up being kind of like this dessert, right? Mm -hmm. So in my feeding experience, babies who have been exposed to food and then are offered a pouch at the end of mealtime, you know, like you said, just to kind of fill it up, make sure that, you know, baby's full they'll actually start to have food refusal and wait and hold out for that pouch because it's so much easier for them to swallow. We want babies to actually really work on those feeding skills, work on those swallowing skills, really encourage our kids to actually develop. And if we are getting into a habit where we're like finishing off a meal with a pouch, then it's almost like, again, that dessert. And that is the one step of causing food refusals and even more stress at mealtime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And I wanted to ask you about that, Don, because I know I'm always fascinated by the research that shows that the children who are at the highest risk of choking during the weaning period Period are those who are exposed to or allowed to interact with finger foods the least often. So we know that there's a link there. If we're only doing pouches, that's not finger foods. We're actually increasing baby's choking risk. Could you speak to the relationship between pouches and picky eaters? Is there a relationship either theoretically or proven in the literature about over-reliance on pouches and increased risk of picky eating? Yes, there is because, like I stated earlier, pouches take away the sensory part of eating, which is the most important and most enjoyable part of mealtime. Think about your favorite food smells like cookies being baked or garlic frying in the frying pan. Like these are these favorite sounds. And I personally like hearing like a chip crunch in my mouth, for example. But if you are taking away those opportunities, you're not really allowing your child to develop the sensory skills and all of these relationships with food. How about your favorite sites at mealtime? Like maybe you love seeing the whole family sit at a meal together eating the same foods. Well, your baby can eat the same foods that you're eating with slight modifications just to make them safer, of course. But if they're eating from a pouch, they're not engaging in all those senses. They can easily be a routine that you get into that becomes a roadmap to lifelong picky eating because then these children, in my experience, you know, these children are wanting to just have more and more manufactured food. So then they want to be eating foods out of other types of pouches or containers and not foods that are being made at home. And so they're missing out on these home recipes and they just get caught in this food rut of processed foods that make it really difficult and challenging for them to really expand on textures. Remember, we want to offer foods based on a child's age and stage in their feeding and chewing skills. And babies can and should eat strips of food. So Dawn, for parents who are interested in passing on the pouches and wanting to feed their baby, I don't know, real food, 
Do you have any tips on what to feed your baby after those simple starter foods of avocado, banana, and sweet potato? Because I think that's really where parents are getting stuck. Yes, please, please get your feeding advice from credentialed experts in the field that are actually feeding babies for a living like Katie and I. In fact, we have our free webinar coming up called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? And inside of that workshop, Katie and I will teach you how to safely push your baby's palate beyond the basics of avocado, banana, and sweet potato. Katie's going to share her five-step feeding framework, so you'll never wonder what foods your baby should have next. And I'll be sharing my four T-tips for safely preparing baby-led winning foods in order to decrease gagging and choking. And after the webinar, we hope that you feel so confident about giving your baby delicious, easy-to-prepare whole foods that you know that your baby can eat and you feel empowered to give them that you can actually pass on pouches. And I know you can do this because I actually just heard a kind of a sad story the other day. It was sad to me. It's like a friend who got a really good start with baby led weaning, a friend of a friend, actually. She was tagging me in all these pictures. This baby was eating all these different foods and then like kind of went like radio silent. And I asked my friend like, hey, what's up? I haven't heard from your friend in a while. She's like, oh, yeah, they kind of stopped doing baby led weaning and just went back to doing pouches. Like they just didn't think that their baby was getting enough. And I was like, based on what data? Like, can I please talk to them? Like it just, I don't want to see parents quit and give up on introducing their baby's real foods because your baby does have to learn how to eat these foods. And we do want to take advantage of these critical developmental windows. So if you have a baby who's just coming up on starting solid foods, please come check out our free live workshop. Again, Don and I will be co-teaching this together. She's a speech language pathologist all about the safety of the swallow mechanism and how your baby can safely learn to eat. And I'm a registered dietitian, so I'll help you focus on what types of foods your baby needs to eat. So the what and the how, when you put that together, you are unstoppable. Our workshop again is called, What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? We are gonna help push your baby's palate past those simple starter foods so you don't give up and go back to doing pouches. I'll link to the registration for this workshop in the show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com. Dawn, I'm so excited to teach these live workshops with you again. It's like, we don't do them very often, but when we do, it's certainly one of my like favorite parts of the year because I just love teaching with you. You have such a great way of like, helping us recognize the alternatives to some of the things out there like pouches. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. And I'm excited too, because I really want parents to understand that purees from pouches do not help expand the palate. We really want to be able to hone in on these developmental skills and really give babies the ability to do the things that they need to do. They need to do the work and make it fun and learn how to be able to transition to these textures and be able to really expand their feeding chewing and swallowing abilities. And all of that on top of the fact they're not nutritionally appropriate or complete and they're expensive. So you're looking for an alternative to pouches. Let's try some real food. Come check out our free live workshop. And Dawn, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Katie. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Dawn Winkleman all about pouches. I know it can be so tempting when they're sitting there on the shelf in the aisle at Target or the grocery store. And you're like, maybe I just need to buy these pouches. You guys, you don't. As she said, on occasion, they're fine, but there's absolutely no developmental reason why your baby needs to suck period food out of a pouch and you know that they're nutritionally inferior to real foods. So we'd love to see you continue pushing your baby's palate beyond the simple starter foods. Don't go backwards to pouches. If you want more advice or you wanna learn from Dawn and I about how to push your baby's palate, come check out our free online workshop. We have a bunch of these coming up. They're live. It's called, What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? This is one of my favorite classes to teach with Dawn. 
If you head to babyledweaningworkshop.com, you can get signed up for the upcoming workshop times. These are so fun, but they always fill up. We do just a couple of them. They are live. We try to answer as many questions as we can. If you guys are feeling at all nervous about making that step beyond the simple starter foods, this is the free workshop for you. Again, it's what do I feed my baby after avocado, banana, and sweet potato. Head to babyledweaningworkshop.com and we'll hopefully see you there. Bye now. Bye now.